You're listening to a SPIN podcast. We're interested in investigating the interconnections between secrecy, power, and ignorance that shape our world today. Hello. Today we're going to be hearing from Rosie Nelson, who's a PhD student at the University of Bristol, and they're going to be giving a talk on bisexuality, hiding, and secrecy. I am invested in the study of bisexuality in Britain. Bisexuality is the sexual or romantic attraction to more than one gender. It's an openness to dating people of multiple genders, whether men, women, or those beyond the gender binary. Of course, whenever we talk about sexuality, it's so incredibly unique to the individual. Grouping people by their interests is impossible. Societally, we have tended to group people by their gender preference. So we have lesbians, straight people, gay men and bisexuals, for example. However, if we focused on something else, we could group people by identities related to whether or not they're dominant or submissive in the bedroom, whether they have a high sex drive or a low sex drive, or whether they prefer blondes over brunettes. The choice to focus on the genders we are interested in is unfortunately rooted in the way in which we conceive genders as distinctly separate and binarized from one another. For bisexuals who have a sexual or romantic interest in more than one gender, their sexuality acts out in many different ways. Some bisexuals describe an equal interest in all genders. Some bisexuals talk about having an overall preference for one gender over the others. Some have a romantic interest in one gender and a sexual interest in others. And many bisexuals describe the way in which their sexuality goes through phases. Sometimes more interested in one gender, and after a year perhaps, their interest shifts. It's all so individual and unique, it makes a very slippery concept to talk about. So how does this all fit in with secrecy? Well, of course, a lot of things related to our sexuality remain secret. But unfortunately, and sadly, unsurprisingly, bisexuals experience rather severe oppression and discrimination. Social forces generally suggest that we're going to be unidirectionally attracted to one gender, so it's considered more natural or appropriate in some ways to be attracted to exclusively men or exclusively women. Bisexuals occupy this different space where this is not true, and so this is where the stigma starts. I'm sure we've all heard it before, Bisexuals are greedy, bisexuals will cheat on you, bisexuals carry STDs and so on and so forth. Sadly, this has an impact on many levels of a bisexual person's life. Firstly, they will often struggle to define their own identity to themselves because they've basically lived in a society where people have told them their identity is impossible. Secondly, when they come out to different groups, it's likely they'll experience a range of inappropriate or discriminatory questions. You know the sort. Are you sure you're not gay? Are you just experimenting? Isn't that a bit greedy? And institutionally, we see that bisexuals often aren't considered in of themselves, and so their unique experience of sexuality often isn't represented or accommodated for by institutions. For example, looking at academia, bisexuality is hugely understudied and under-theorized. There's actually very little research conducted in what it means to be bisexual. With all of these barriers, it's perhaps unsurprising that bisexuals often use secrecy or others' ignorance at different points in their lives to navigate the world. I interviewed 30 different bisexual, pansexual and queer people in Britain to see how they experience social situations in relation to their sexual identity, and I was astounded at amazing adaptations that bisexual people can make in social situations. 
Overall, this group of people want to be seen and want to be recognized as bisexual in society, but given that most people assume others to be gay or heterosexual depending on their partner choice, it's actually very difficult to be interpreted as bisexual without talking explicitly about it. In addition, of course, there's the very real possibility of experiencing violence as a result of being bisexual from those who are intolerant. So in thinking of secrecy, three primary sites of secrecy become apparent when talking to participants. I'm going to talk about each of these, coming out, staying out, and being in public spaces. In thinking of secrecy around coming out, there's a period before coming out as bisexual to anyone and maintaining one's identity secretly. I spoke to one woman called Jana. At the time of us talking to each other, she wasn't out to anyone. She had been trying for years to figure out her sexuality independently of any advice or support. She was, unfortunately, in an environment that was rather hostile to any suggestion of bisexuality. Her parents were relatively conservative, had made many biphobic comments, and were disapproving of anything that wasn't heterosexual. As a result, Jana had to take her investigations into secret spaces. She read things online in secret, watched videos on YouTube or other internet platforms secretly, and wasn't ultimately prepared to make a point of her sexuality until it mattered. And by that, she meant if she ended up with a partner who was of the same gender as her. Of course, many of the people I spoke to were out as being bisexual. However, they weren't necessarily out at their workplace or to certain friends. Maintaining certain levels of secrecy was difficult here. One participant I spoke to for whom this was the case was Byrne. Byrne is a pansexual and non-binary person who is not out in the workplace regarding either of their identities. They present as masculine and their partners are often women and so people assume them to be a heterosexual man. Byrne allows people to assume what they want, both about their sexual identity and their gender identity, because they understand that they're going to have to educate other people about their identities and they're unwilling to take that on. They're unwilling not only from a point of pride of not wanting to have to explain themselves, but also because they're quite concerned about running into discrimination, oppression or being treated differently by their workmates. For Byrne, who was out to most of their friends, the workplace was a space where they had to cover their identities and hide their identities. And then we turn to public spaces. Most participants spoke about playing with gender representation in fashion and dress to communicate their bisexuality. So they would adopt more feminine and masculine ways of being and try to be sort of chameleon depending on where they were going, what they were doing and how they wanted to be seen. For example, one participant, Stan, spoke about how masculine he looks in everyday life. He has a shaved head, a beard and generally wears masculine clothing. Given that he has a long-term partner who is a woman, he's often understood to be heterosexual. So whenever he went to LGBT or queer spaces, he, quote, camped it up to show that he belonged. He would wear fishnet stockings, glitter, makeup, anything to try to indicate a connection to the LGBT community. However, he had to get to those LGBT spaces somehow, often through walking in the street. He spoke about how, as a man wearing traditionally feminine clothing, he was very scared of being beaten up if he wasn't familiar with the area he was in. As a result, he would mediate his dress in certain spaces to hide or show depending on how safe he felt. Other people felt the same. They moderated what they wore in certain spaces to avoid violence. 
One participant spoke about how she had been queer-bashed whilst walking in the street and hospitalised, and as a result, her fashion was, quote, street-safe. Throughout the interviews, secrecy kept emerging. It wasn't usually secrecy from the point of wanting to keep a secret. It was usually secrecy to be safe. Social forces of homophobia and biphobia exist. They make people afraid to kiss their same gender partner in public. They make people afraid of wearing gender non-conforming clothes in public. They make people afraid to tell those closest to them, their friends, families, colleagues, about something which is such a big part of their life. Every day we hear another story of a hate crime, another quote from a media figure saying something awful about LGBT people. There's no wonder people use secrecy to get through life, whether to protect oneself from violence or to manage social situations more easily. What is most impressive in this study is how bisexual people navigated these things easily. They developed a second sense of when to be alert and when not to be. Really, this is a horrible indictment of the time we live in. Secrecy is important, and for LGBT people, secrecy is often safe. You've been listening to a SPIN podcast. For more episodes, please check out our website, secrecyresearch.com, or find us on iTunes. 